Hello, and welcome to the Sporting Chance Podcast. I'm Matt Maritea. I'm going to be your host. This is a podcast that's all about talking sports and having a beer or maybe two. So, thank you for stopping by, and without further ado, let's get to it. Hello, hello, and as always with the Sporting Chance Podcast, before we get into anything, got to talk about some of the people behind the scenes, or I guess some of the companies behind the scenes. First off is Lanafy. It helps keep me outfitted in fantastic workout athleisure apparel, making sure that no matter what, I always look good even though I'm sweating my butt off in the garage. They got fantastic shorts, t-shirts, sweat wicking material, all really well made, really functional. They have other gear like weight belts, wrist straps, lanyards, shaker bottles, notebooks, whatever you might need to keep yourself going to try to stay motivated during these COVID workouts. Use the promo code MARITEA. You'll get a little bit of a discount. Uh, I think it's somewhere around 10-15%. Uh, you'll figure it out when you enter it. <laughs> and yeah, so make sure you do that Lanafy code, Maratea, M-A-R-A-T-E-A. And then after your workout in your fresh gear, FNX Fit is what's going to keep you going with shakes and supplements. They've got a fantastic krill oil uh, that I think I'm going to be trying soon. Busted open some of the chocolate malt protein today. I love it. My brother loves it. Uh, It's really good stuff. I have the PM protein. uh, That's also really good for getting in a little extra protein before you go to sleep. It has some tryptophan, uh, some valerian root in it as well. Actually tastes pretty good too. That's the salted caramel variety. If you want some of that, you're going to use the code SPORTCHANCE, capital S, capital C, to keep yourself going. So, Check out FNX Fit for your supplement needs. Sport Chance, capital S, capital C. And now we're into the podcast. Yay. We're still stuck inside. I'm getting to be a little bit stir crazy. It's got me thinking about picking up running as a hobby just to be outside. Um, Yeah. So that's sort of how you can tell I might be going a little bit crazy, but we got uh, two or three topics to go over here, and uh, I'm uh, pretty excited to be talking about them today, but I'm also excited to uh, talk about the beer that I've got going to here today as well. Super excited for that. So the beer that we have for today is from Ludlum Island. Always love to highlight a Jersey brewery. They are from Ocean View, New Jersey. So I've got their hammock nap, a chocolate coconut brown ale sipping in at 5.1%. Uh, they're saying that it is a classic brown ale uh, with some sweet maltiness to it, conditioned heavily with chocolate and coconut. So those are two of my favorite flavors. Uh, two great combinations. I love, especially around like Easter time when those chocolate coconut candies come out, or uh, like the chocolate coconut eggs. Oh, those are so, so good. Uh, 
So I'm really excited to break into this one. Uh, it's a shore-based brewery. Uh, can has a hammock in between two palm trees underneath their uh, guy in a retro diver's outfit. Uh, it's actually a pretty cool-looking can. Uh, I'm excited to crack this one open from Ludlam Island Brewery. I got my Hooters glass that I got from Hooters Atlantic City. Uh, so yeah, I figured shore beer gotta go with my shore glass something like that uh, so for you can crackers out there it's time to crack this open and jump into our delightfully tacky yet unrefined glass uh, so yeah here's your countdown at three two and one whoa that popped right open that one was raring to go And I can tell you that immediately this one smells uh, like chocolate. And I'm probably going to have to wash my robe. But that's okay. I mean, yeah, these things happen. Uh, yeah, but that can't really gave away. That one, it, it wanted to be opened, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's got a beautiful color, beautiful head that is developed on there. Uh, super interesting to... Uh, Definitely dive into that one, as with these darker uh, ales, sort of the browns, stouts, that types of thing. You want to let it warm up just a little bit before you really dive in. Uh, so that is what I will be doing. Uh, so yeah, super excited for this one. Uh, yeah, and that's a soft pillowy head. That looks really, really nice. Um but yeah, before I jump into that one, I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft. Now, the Eagles had a really, really interesting draft. Uh, people were thinking, yes, no, good, bad, who knows, right? But uh, I know last week I talked about the Jalen Rieger pick, and I sort of stand by what I said. I think it's a good selection. I think he's going to do pretty well with the birds, you know? Um, he's an exciting guy. Uh, his speed, his run after the catch set, uh, he's probably more explosive than CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson. Not more explosive, but faster and quicker. Uh, he'll take the ball away from people. You know, he's not much of a blocker, but the, whatever, really. Uh, yeah. He may be the most explosive guy. He's got quick hands. He could be almost anywhere. Uh, I really want to see him with jet sweeps, sort of some gadget plays, misdirections, really using using his speed. I think he's going to be a really, really exciting guy. Um, moving on to the second round, there we get our Jalen Hurts pick, which is sort of the controversial pick of the draft. You know, Jalen Hurts. That is the pick that uh, kind of has brought the level of crazy uh, for Eagles fans to a uh, fever pitch, right? Uh, so you have Carson Wentz who signed a $100 million deal for having my ever so many some odd years. So we've, and then we've got Jalen Hurts, right? A Heisman Trophy runner-up, a really, really good player at Oklahoma and at Alabama before that. Um, you know, 
it was he's had a super interesting college career, right? Um, he got benched in an SEC championship game, came off the bench, and then won that game. Um, he can run. Uh, he's a well-spoken guy. Uh, he's been a winner at every level. Uh, you know, he's been to the college playoff a ton. He's got great experience. He's had ups. He's had downs. Um, you know, he may not be a natural quarterback. Um, he's a guy that can rely on his legs to make plays. Um, he's got great accuracy, right? And he's got a good arm. Um, but he's a little undersized uh, for a starting QB. Um, you know, he was very much a one-read, two-read guy in college. Um, and, you know, he, he's athletic. Uh, he has a will to win. He's exciting. But you don't know how he's going to grade out. I mean, there's a reason he wasn't in that sort of glut of starting uh, quarterbacks. Um so, yeah, and people are going crazy. Like, why would you draft a guy who was a Heisman runner-up uh, when you have so much invested, you know, in your quarterback? And ugh, the talk about is driving me nuts. I can't resist anymore. I have to take a sip. <sighs> yeah, that's good. That's really interesting. I'm going to be excited to dive into that more. Um, but yeah, Jalen Hurts, he's just, you know, as a developmental guy, as a guy they see maybe as a second or third string for a couple of years, who eventually probably moves on somewhere else, takes a shot at competing for a starting role. I can see that his long-term future with the Eagles. I don't know, but with the way they want to run the offense, you know, maybe they can get him involved. Uh, maybe they just need somebody mobile. They saw last year with McCown in the playoff game that when he ran, he gave Seattle's defense trouble, and this sort of created a new dynamic for the offense. And I know they probably wouldn't want to risk doing that with Carson, but if they can develop that in somebody uh, in a backup position to help create a different wrinkle, create a different offense, should he get hurt? Uh, you know, there are so many ways you can try to justify that move. Uh, but, you know, he's a talented guy. He's going to compete. He's going to make Nate Sudfeld better. He's going to be able to give good reads on scout teams. So, you know, all in all, I, I like the pick. I mean, I don't like the pick. I just, you know, I understand it. Uh, and we'll see how it works out. We'll see ultimately what becomes of it. <sighs> but in the other rounds, in the third round, they got a really good guy, Kayvon. Uh, sorry, Kayvon Wallace, Kayvon Watson. Uh, it's no, sorry, fourth round. Yeah, Kayvon Wallace. Third round was Davion Taylor. These two guys are going to be sort of defensive stalwarts, right? I think Davion um, was a JUCO guy. Um, you know, he he's a really good athlete, um, but yeah, you know, he's a little late to football. Um, you know, he's going to be great on special teams. He's so athletic. He can, you know, go sideline to sideline um, on the field. Uh, it's just all about how is he going to learn the uh, the linebacker position? How is he going to translate to the pro game? Uh, is he going to be able to think quick enough, right? He's such a good athlete, uh, but can he sort of develop those instincts, and how long is that going to take, right? And then you have Kayvon Wallace. Uh 
He's a super sure tackler. He can play anywhere on the field uh, from the back end and coverage to the line of scrimmage. He can sub in sort of as a linebacker, uh, if you will. I mean, really, there's nothing that the guy can't do. He's from Clemson. Uh, he, he gets it. He, you know, I'm not going to make the Brian Dawkins comparison, but you know, he's a guy that sort of makes letting Malcolm go sit a little bit better because Kayvon is a guy who sort of fits into that mold uh, as a player. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think it could turn out really well. Uh, if there was a, really an A or an A-plus to hand out in this draft for the Eagles, it might be there. Uh, I really think so. Uh, so moving on, they got Jack Driscoll. He's uh, sort of offensive line depth. That's always nice. He was a fourth rounder as well. But now in the, the fifth round, you get something really interesting, right? And that's John Hightower. Uh, he's a Boise State wide receiver. Um, caught all sorts of passes, right? Uh, super fast, super quick. Uh, he's got decent size. Sort of, the, It was like the 24th or so ranked prospect. But man, can he run. Uh, he's got decent hands. I was at sort of a transitional period in Boise State's program, but he caught a ton of touchdowns during his time there. Uh, he's a guy, especially in the later rounds, I like as a uh, prospect to sort of advance uh, through the ranks, maybe spend a couple years here before he can really break through. But he... He's potentially very, very exciting, and he sort of adds to that track team feel that the wide receiver room is starting to get. Um, moving on past him, you get Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley's a fun guy because he's a Temple guy who is now sort of staying close to home, right? Um, he was a productive linebacker uh, down there, used to play in the link, really great la uh, athlete. And he's instinctive, and he'll play hard. Um, he can cover tons of ground. He plays well in space. Um, you know, he's really fast. But it's just, yeah, it looked like maybe he wasn't, you know, there was something about his play at Temple. He should have been ranked higher. He should have been able to move up draft boards a little bit more. Um but he seems like he could be an instant impact guy. Is his ceiling as high as Davion Taylor's? That remains to be seen. Maybe not. But I think Sean Bradley is a guy who's going to be able to come in and he's going to contribute in special teams and on the defense almost immediately. Uh, another wide receiver comes in, Quez Watkins, the name of the draft <laughs> for the Eagles, sir. Um now, he's a guy who has lots of room to improve. Um, you know, he was like a, a 15th ranked receiver. Uh, to, you know, how he slipped all the way to sort of, what was it, the sixth round? Yeah, into the sixth round. I don't know. Probably because he's from a small school, right? Southern Miss guy. Uh, 
you know, you never know how he's going to turn out. It's always fun to have wide receiver depth, right? Competition, that's great. Um, then you get your project offensive tackle, Prince Tega Wahongo, right? He's a, I think he's a Nigerian guy. He was as high as nine in some polls. Um, somehow the Eagles got him in the sixth round, probably because he had uh, injury troubles at Auburn, and he's got kind of short arms. Um, but he's, you know, he needs reps, obviously. Um, he had a tibia fibula fracture, arthroscopic knee surgery. Um, he might be a little slow out of his stance. Um, but he's a guy that looks like he can be coached up. Um, you know, some scouts were saying that he should have been a second round pick. Um, but he's got good agility, good movement, good effort. He just, again, he's new to football, right? Because he had to come over from Africa, probably didn't expect to play football. Uh, you know, Andre Dillard insurance, right? And he gets to learn behind Lane Johnson. That's great. Uh, sort of the final pick, you got Casey Toothill, um, Stanford linebacker, edge rusher. Could combine 4 6 2. 39-inch vertical jump, which was the best at his position. Uh, best score at the Wonderlick on his position. Didn't start until his uh, third season um, and then got an ankle injury. Eight sack uh, 2019 in the 3-4. You know, and he's a Stanford guy. You like that. Um, you know, maybe he could even grow into his frame. He may not be done growing or gaining strength yet. Um, it's interesting. He, he's a guy that's developmental, could be really, really good in two to three years. Whew. More beer. Overall, I got to give the Eagles draft a B. I think you have two or three guys maybe who can jump in, can contribute uh, on the major sides of the ball, offense and defense. But other than that, you got some depth. You got developmental guys. Uh, this one's going to take a while to pan out and ultimately sort of see how it shakes out. But things that we won't maybe have to take a while to see is some sports coming back. It's just on the horizon. It's going to be next week. The UFC is going to come back. Week after that, you get more UFC and you get NASCAR. Uh, so that is interesting. And the PGA is going to be coming back in June. These are all super, uh, exciting things that I'm looking forward to. Um, probably UFC the most, but you know, all of it's without fans, but it's just exciting that there's something on the horizon and, you know, we're going to see how these major sports events sort of take place we've seen drafts unfold right the WNBA the NFL uh NWHL just did theirs now we're going to get to see how the events are going to unfold uh so I think that's going to be really interesting to watch I think it's going to set the standard coming forward because we have the NHL trying to get people back in camps and rinks uh maybe mid-May so they can sort of expedite things try to get back on the ice by July uh, so yeah, I think things, I think there's a reason to be cautiously optimistic about getting to see live, uh, sports again sometime in the near future. Um, yeah, I, I'm hopeful for that. And I think it's, 
maybe not a light at the end of the tunnel situation, but I think it's a, I don't know, it's like you stumble upon a flashlight in the middle of the tunnel. So you can sort of see things and you can begin to make your way and, you know, it, it's not so bad, right? Now that you've got, you know, something with you, something to hold on to, something to enjoy. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. Uh, I'm not going to take notes on anything. Um, I don't think it's going to make me plunge headlong into becoming a NASCAR fan. I mean, I like NASCAR. Um but yeah, they're, what they're doing is interesting because they're going to have a bunch of races uh, at Darlington, two, three at Darlington, then they're going to do three or four at Charlotte uh, Raceway all over the matter of sort of 10 days. So how they handle working on the cars, making sure all those stay up to snuff with competition uh, is going to be uh, really kind of fascinating, I think, especially for how much time and effort goes into building those cars and keeping them race ready uh and then you know the guys who race also in the truck series definitely going to be a challenge but it's going to be exciting i think uh i'm definitely going to invest some time and watch it sure uh, pga's june that's a little further off uh ufc we're still not getting a ton of details there's supposed to be two more cards in the jacksonville area after this one not going to put in a full preview yet because i've still got time uh, but it's going to be exciting. I mean, Donald Cerrone and Justin Gaethje. Sorry, not no. Sorry, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. Uh, that's a monster fight. Um, then you've got Donald Cerrone and Anthony Pettis. Holy jumping! Um, you know, I as long as nobody gets sick, there's no way that this is going to turn out badly for the UFC, right? Uh, with the amount of talent they're putting on that first card, the rest of it remains to be seen. Uh, but I'm really, really excited uh, for that all to come back. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Mm. Ah, that's a pretty good beer. Before I get into that review and talking about that, though, uh, talking about another one of my card finds as I sort of gradually go through this and I'm calculating, tabulating uh, things from my collection. Um, I found a card, uh, I've always really liked it, and I've had a ton of respect for this player, even though I always disliked him, and I think that's one of the fun things, when you can appreciate having a guy's card, and the career that he had, um, even when it was sort of adverse, you know, an adverse effect to you, and that is my 1994 Ultra, um... Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah. My 1994 Ultra Chipper Jones Braves rookie card. Um, Chipper is just looking all sorts of bothered. Uh, looks like he wants nothing <laughs> to do uh, with that card. Um, you know, he, he made his debut in 93 with the Braves, got into eight games. Um so it's not like his, it's a rookie card, but it's not his official rookie. Um, not really worth anything. Um, but again, that doesn't matter. It may be worth like six bucks. But it just got me thinking about Chipper Jones and how good he was and how rare uh, it was that the switch hitter could, uh, you know, really play the game 
and hit as well as he could from both sides of the plate, uh, how good he was on defense, and how he really was sort of the cornerstone of that Braves, that great Braves run in the Bobby Cox era, and just you know, what it, it was really good baseball to watch, even though the Phillies weren't good uh, during most of his tenure. Um, you know, they picked it up later, but you know, getting to watch the entire career of a Hall of Famer was uh, you know, something that I can sort of reflect back, uh, reflect back on. And, you know, it was really good watching him battle and, you know, watching the Phillies play against him. And he killed us. But, yeah, Chipper Jones is sort of my card of the week, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm a Chipper Jones rookie, 1994. Uh, love it. Uh, yeah. So, now that that's all summed up, let's get back into this beer, right? Hammock nap. So, it is oozing that chocolatey, chocolatey goodness in the smell. Uh, it had a nice head to it. And, yeah, I, I like a brown ale. They have some nice sweetness to it. Uh, you know, there's... It's not never a hoppy beer. Uh, the malt does the heavy lifting, does the work. I sort of like, I tend to lean that way. And, you know, the coconut is subtle. And that's sort of the thing with coconut. If it's not, if you don't have a coconut beer that's sort of, you know, you know one or two days old or, or sort of tap, freshly tapped, you can lose that flavor. It just sort of fades away, right? Even if it's the same keg, if that keg, I guess, lasts a week or so, or, or you know, uh, or not, not, not a keg, but if you have a, a keg that's sitting around for a week or two before it gets tapped, that can kind of fade away, right? So whatever flavor you put in there, it can't just be coconut. It has to be something complementary to coconut, but that can also carry the beer once the coconut inevitably fades away um you know i would have loved to get this beer right out of the case and pop it open uh that day didn't have the chance to do that unfortunately but uh i'm still getting a hint of it um and you know i don't think it's overly bitter i don't think it's not like a bitter chocolate um uh, but yeah I think that adds a little bit of sweet, but not too much. Um, the coconut is there. It's a very mellow, sort of soothing flavor. Uh, you know, I, I like it a lot. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the brown ales, big fan of the style. Uh, always happy to support a Jersey brewery, especially during this time. Um, they are in Ocean View, New Jersey. They've got a nice website, tells you exactly uh, what they have on tap, um, what they've got in cans. Um, they've got a double dry hopped IPA called Wrestling Moves. That's got to be fun. Um, a pale ale, the inescapable worldliness of mankind, described as a badass American pale with flaked oats, rye, heavy hopped. Uh, it's fun. Um, yeah, goats go to hell. That's gotta be, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love for something called goats go to hell. Um, 
there's they've got a weird crowler that called a Reuben Goza uh, with a Goza brew with a Reuben sandwich in mind. So it's sour and salty. What with caraway seeds and rye? That is definitely definitely interesting. Um, oh, they've got a coffee pale ale, uh, double smoked, a double porter. Uh, you know, all really interesting names. Um, cool looking brewery, great logo. Uh, these are all things that I like. Um, but yeah, the brewery itself gets a on untapped uh, 3.85. People seem to uh, like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I like it. I hope to visit it uh, at some point soon. Um, I really like Hammock Nap. It's a 5.1% ABV. Drive to clean, simple, no fuss, and I get that it comes through in the beer. Um, this one gets a three point seven five, leaning towards like just pretend I can give it a three point eight, right? I don't want to pay for untapped so I can get that extra because it's not it's not like this podcast is making me money. So when it does, then I'll pay for the extra untapped. Um, but yeah, 3.75 uh, could be higher. They have that hint of coconut um, that I really like. Yeah, it's good. I enjoy it, definitely. Chocolate comes through. It's not overly sweet or overly bitter. Yeah, this is one that I could definitely relax with and enjoy. So yeah, 3.75, that is Ludlum Island Hammock Nap. Uh, so remember in closing, Jalen Hurts is not a threat to Carson Wentz. Uh, Jalen Rieger is going to be good. Look out for Kayvon and Davion on the defense. John Hightower's fun. It's nice that a Temple guy, um, you know, stays with us. And Sean Bradley, also an RV guy. So nice. Uh, look out for NASCAR, UFC, and the PGA on the horizon. Remember to appreciate the rival rookie card you have, my Chipper Jones experience. And as always, Lanafee code, Maritea, FNX fit code, sport chance, capital S, capital C. Remember to like, rate, and review the podcast. Smash that subscribe button if you can. Um, leave reviews. That's probably the thing that helps best with the algorithms and whatnot. Uh, I am at mmaritea22 on Twitter and Instagram. The podcast is Sport Chance Pod at Twitter and Instagram. I am mmaritea22 on Untapped or just my name. Just check my name, Matt Maritea, Matthew Maritea, at Medium, at everything. Google me. Um, yeah, I'm always around, always here to talk to you. Uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. Cheers. And have a good one. Good night.